Good morning, everybody. I'm John Ragsdale, and along with my wife, Kristen, and I, we're the pastors here at the Hills. We're so glad you're here on this Sunday morning. To all of our guests, I want to join with the rest of our team and just thank you for being here. I hope you have, have felt welcomed, and we hope that you know that you're wanted here at the Hills. Uh, we'd love to meet you. We'll be back next week. And we'll be wrapping up our Game Changer series. I'm excited already about what I'll be teaching on next week. So we'd love to meet all of you guests. Come back uh, and be with us. Today we have some special guests as well. Brian and Ashley Larsons. They are dear, dear friends of ours. The Ragsdale family. Uh, me, Kristen, the, Evan and Davis. We just adore them, and you are in for such a treat. Uh, they, not only, uh, they not only bring great information, they bring incredible inspiration. Every time I'm around them, I feel like that I can do more. I also feel like that I can be what God's called me to be. They're going to encourage you today. So I want you to get on the edge of your seat, get your pen, paper, whatever you use, the device you use to take notes, and just get ready today. It's going to be an awesome wonderful time. I want you to give Brian and Ashley Larson a great big hand today. Come on, everybody. Love you guys. Just for the record, I watched that nine times in a row. Nine. I counted just because of that moment right there. Thank God we don't have VCRs. I didn't have to press that rewind button, you know, and guess I could just move my little button. You watch it again. Oh, man. I'm telling you, that was perfect. I'm so glad it, uh, they left that on there. Because I didn't know if he left it just for us or not. Man, it's so good to be at the Hills. Are you glad you're in church today? Man, come on. It's going to be a good day, good day. And for those who didn't clap, aren't excited, we're going to hope, we'll hope at the end you'll be excited, all right, that you came. Be glad. Now, it's going to be a good time. Listen, we do love your pastors. Uh, as Pastor John said, man, we've, we've been friends for a long time. We love the family so much. And uh, we are so proud of what's happening here at the Hills. Uh, we have tracked along from the very beginning. And uh, we've gotten to meet a lot of you. And those we haven't got to meet, we'd love to meet you after service. Uh, because, we, we, again, we love your pastors. We love what God's doing right here in, uh, at the Hills. And so it's going to be a great, great day. And listen, on the, on the vein of pastors, I do want to honor your pastors. We love them. They are friends to us and been best friends for many years. But they also, uh, we honor not just their friendship, but we honor uh, them as pastors. And we know that uh, God has used them and going to continue to do that. The Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And then it also says that those who teach us, instruct us, they're worthy of double honor, double honor. So I want us right now, while they're on the beach, I want them to feel our love. Okay, can we do that? Let's honor our pastor together right now. Come on, let's honor Pastor John and Chris. Come on. Come on, always pray for the people who've given their life to see God's plans revealed in yours. Amen? Love them. Man, so how about this Game Changer series? Been a good time? Been a good time. I actually uh, caught the, right before we came here this week, I caught the front end of one of them online. And I said, I didn't want to listen to too much of it. I didn't want to preach Pastor John's message because I've done that before, okay? Confession in front of all you, all right? I'm, this is confession time. But uh, I've been tracking along some of the series. I know it's been a great, great time. And uh, we're going to continue that today, the Game Changer series. And I know being a game changer, in fact, I'm, uh, I'm from Memphis, and we use that a lot. We use that, and we're in the sports world a lot, and we always say, man, that guy's a game changer. That person's a game changer. Or this, if this happened to us, he would be a game changer, right? In fact, there's some good game changers right there. Hey, the Zelenskys are good friends. Hey, Zelenskys. Good to see all the Zelenskys family. Even some Memphis family right here. We love you. Well, hybrid. And then Memphis. Okay, okay. Good to see some of you. 
uh, here today. We love you. But as a game changer, I love game changers. Uh, I love when something happens or someone comes into our world and it changes everything. There, are, there have been seasons in our life, my wife and I's life, where uh, one thing has happened or one person has happened to us and it's changed uh, everything for us. And I'll say that there's been some positives game changers, and there's been some negative game changers. Can I get a witness? All right. I'm from Memphis now. You got to talk to me a little bit. I'll say y'all, but I'll say cray-cray. So I'm a little, yeah. My wife calls it country ghetto. I'm a little in the middle there. You know what I'm saying? I don't never know. I don't know if I should wear boots or my high tops. Yeah. Man, I'm just... I'm here. Now she's shaking her head. This is my wife, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Ashley Larson here. Baby, would you stand and wave to the crowd? Do the, the pageant wave. They're great. The pageant wave. It's great. Uh, speaking of game changers, boom, game changer. So, uh, you know, we've, we've experienced those. We've experienced the good game changers, the bad game changers in our life. And so uh, I want to just talk to you about something that changed my life and something that really was a game changer. And that was, that was when I realized, uh, number one, that Jesus was the ultimate game changer for my life. What he did for me and what he did for you changes everything. And this is what I mean by that. It changes the way I live. It changes the way I walk, the way I talk. It changes how I make decisions. Honestly, it has changed the way I see myself in, in the plans he has for me. There was a time in my life where I was doing the will of God, but I was not, didn't feel empowered. I didn't feel free to be who I was. I, was. I felt like I was in God's will, but I wasn't being everything God called me to be. And I want to share some of that today with you because I believe just as it changed the game for me, it could change the game for some of you. If you have your Bibles or your iPhone, your iNIS of some kind, and yes, there are some galaxies, I guess, somewhere out there. Okay, woo, woo. Uh, we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to launch from there. We're going to read, a, read a, a, a couple verses for you, and then we're just going to begin to talk a little bit about that. Ephesians chapter 1. If you do not have anything, thank God for screens. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says this, In Him, Jesus, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that He lavished on us. Man, that's a great verse, but what in the world does it have to do with my game? (laughs) What's it got to do with my life? And that's what I want to talk to you about right now. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, and God, that it does not return void. God, one spoken word could change everything in our hearts today, set us free. And I pray, God, our hearts would be open, our ears would hear what you have to say. God, let us see you in this message today. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. This verse really changed the way I saw myself. It changed the way I see me, and it changed the way I see you, honestly, in the eyes of God. And what, what happens in this verse is it begins to show me what Jesus has done for me and, and begins to shape my identity in Christ. And then I've learned not only does it give me that identity, but I have to protect that identity in Christ and how I see, see myself. You know, we have a... Uh, in every game, there is an offense and a defense-ish. There's a, you're opposing, you have an opponent in every game, right? And so I want to tell you, in our game, our life, we have an opponent. We have an adversary, if you will, to use a good theological term. 
We have an enemy. We have someone who is opposing the good in us. There's good we're trying to accomplish for God. And then there is an, uh, something opposing us, which is the bad, right? And so the enemy would love nothing more than to defeat any good that's going on in your world. I even like to say it like this. He would like to steal your identity. Identity theft is a very common thing to, today. And I want to tell you it's nothing new. It's always been there. The enemy, from the very beginning, has been trying to steal what God is trying to reveal to our hearts each and every day. And I want to tell you that as you move forward in Christ, you've got to become diligent. In fact, the Bible says this. It says that you be aware, be on guard, because the enemy, like a roaring lion, is seeking whom he may devour. Right? It says that he's come to steal. Come on, help me out, church. Kill and destroy. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. What? What has he come to steal and kill and destroy? The God plans in your life. The God purpose in your life. The God identity in your life. And that's what we, we have to protect. We have to be aware of. Anybody ever had anything stolen before? Man, I tell you what, there is no feeling. Man, there is no feeling. Like rolling up to your own house and like, uh-oh. Man, I was in an a internship in Louisiana. If you're from Louisiana, don't take this personal. But I was in an internship in Louisiana, and uh, I had a roommate. We were interns there, and there's nothing like working harder than paying them to do it, right? Any interns out there? I had to pay them to come work. It was a great, it was a great experience. I loved it. Nervous laugh, huh? So we rolled up after a Thanksgiving holiday, me and my roommate, he'd gone home with me. We rolled up to our, we had this little back access to our, our uh, town home there, and we pull up to the back, and I, I remember kind of angling in, we were going to unload our car, and I saw this little gap in the door, and my first thought was, bro, did you leave the door open? And, and as I'm thinking that, to say that, I'm like, no, I shut that door. And then about that time, I could see some wood splinters kind of sticking out. And then that sinking feeling like, oh, man, we got robbed. <laughs> Memphis, see, I told you I'd go Memphis in a minute. We got robbed, man. And so we get out of the car, and uh, we walk in. I walk up to the door, and just that feeling of like, what if they're still in here? What's going on? What am I walking into, you know? And so I kind of push the door open, and I do what any logical sane person would do. Hello? if you're here, go out the front door. We're coming in the back. And so we walked in, and just that feeling of knowing you've been violated, that you've been, someone has come into your world while you were innocently doing your business, and you're just taking care of life. And someone come in there, and, man, we walked through the house, and I just began to recognize, oh, my gosh, they took that. I cannot believe they took that. And then I saw something else, and this will date it a little bit. Man, they took our VCR. Man, I was mad. And I began to walk through, and I would say, like, man, why didn't they take that? Why didn't they take this? And then I'd go in. I even walked in my closet. I had a, I had a little, little uh, it's like a coin collector. You know, I'd fill it up with coins, and, I, man, I had all kinds of cool little things. I'd keep in this little thing. And they took that thing. I was so mad. And it dawned on me. It's like, man, they don't, they don't take what's unvaluable. They only take the valuables. And, man, it was such a, a revelation to me. that, And it, just that feeling of, like, they, they took what was important to me. And I'll never forget that next couple of days over 
over the next couple of days waking up and getting dressed or going through my day and realizing something else was missing. I was just going through my life, and I realized, man, what? Then I took a real personal. I got ready to get dressed on the third day. I went in my closet. I couldn't find my polo. <laughs> Look, when you're paying somebody else to work for them, and you got a polo, it's valuable to you, all right? <laughs> they took my polo, man. They'd gone in my closet. They'd taken clothes. I was so disappointed. But what I realized in that moment is that there are times in my life, I've reflected back on that story, and I realized there are times in me now personally, in my life game, in my life, in my, in my heart, there are days that I wake up and I'm going through life and all of a sudden I need something and I realize, I realized, man, that's, a, that's gone. I don't have that in me. It's been stolen. There was a day I realized I need to be confident in this situation. Man, my confidence was gone. There was a moment I needed to feel secure and I realized, man, I, I don't have security. I feel so insecure. And then I began to trace it back and I realized this is when it happened. That was stolen that night. Man, I needed, to be, I needed to be strong in this. I needed to have courage in a situation I was about to walk through. And I realized, oh, my God, my courage is gone. I don't feel strong right now. And I began to trace it back to a moment, to a decision I made, to, a, to an incident that happened to my life, to a person who came in my world, to a situation I didn't handle right, to a decision I made that I wish by God I did not make that decision, but I realized I lost something valuable to me. The enemy used that to steal some God purpose in my life. He used it to rob me of something that was very valuable, something that God had given me himself, something that he had, had placed in my heart, something that he had given me through Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that today I want to remind you who you are and whose you are because you've been bought by a price. You have been redeemed by the Lord, Ephesians 1, 7. And there are things that Jesus did in that moment with that verse. There are things that Jesus gives us, we have access to through him, that the enemy will love nothing more than to keep you from, than to steal it out of your heart and out of your life. Listen, it has always been about identity for the enemy. It has always been about identity. If he can keep you insecure and unstable and wishy-washy and, and off balance and who you really are, then he's got you right where he wants you. Listen, it started way, listen, it's, it's, not, it's not anything new. It's not anything new. Let's go back all the way to the garden. Anybody ever heard of Adam and Eve? Okay. Adam and Eve, the very first two of us were there. And the, the Bible says that the enemy came to him. To them, and you know how he tempted them? Well, yes, it was with a tree, the, the, the forbidden fruit. It was the apple. We've seen all the pictures in the drawings, right? But here's what he said to them. Come on, go ahead and eat it. Eat this. Eat this and be like God. He was talking about their identity. He was tempting them. He was trying to rob them. Listen, they were already godlike. They didn't know sin. They didn't have those temptations. He was sowing the evil into their hearts. He, want, he knew if he could get them to see themselves differently, then he could change the game negatively in their life. I want to tell you how you see yourself is the game changer today. How you see yourself can change everything in your world. Not only for you, it can change your marriage. It can change your kid's life. It could change your business. 
It could change generations in your world, how you see yourself. Today, we're going to set the record straight. We're going to set the record straight. We're going to lay it flat and clear. Everybody's going to see the same picture and hopefully see yourself in that picture. Amen? Here's what that verse means to us, Ephesians 1, 7 and 8. I'm going to read it to you one more time. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Here's what this means. Three truths. I'm giving you three truths of how we see ourselves in God's eyes. Number one, I am valuable. I am valuable. I am valuable. It says in him we have redemption through his blood. You've got to understand redemption. Redemption is a, a transaction word. It is a word that involves a cost. You never, nothing has ever been redeemed without an exchange of something, a currency. And in fact, the, the, the very definition of redemption means just that. It means to give something for something else in exchange. It means to pay a price or to pay a debt for something. Right, That is redemption. And what we have found here is that the, the Scripture is saying that Jesus paid a price for us with his own blood. He gave the ultimate price. I'll say it like this. He paid the highest price for you and for me. That tells me, number one, he saw some value in me. He saw some value in you. In fact, 1 Corinthians 6.20 says this, For God bought you with a high price. He paid the highest price. He didn't try to negotiate. He didn't try to wiggle the price down. Say, let me see how, many, how much I can get for him. No, you know what? He just stepped up and said, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I want to tell you, and this is why I think this is significant, because there's, there have been many opportunities in my life where I've believed that when someone said, you're not really going to amount to anything. You're not really worth that much. In fact, being in the South, man, it's, it's, it's used too often where people just say, well, you know, well, God love them, bless their heart. You know, they'll be all, I mean, I don't know. Good luck. As Brian Regan would say, take luck. You know, your value is significant to God. So much so that he paid, he gave his very best for you. I want to tell you that there's nothing that changes my heart more than to know someone values me. I want to tell you, when I, when I fell in love with that beautiful young lady to my left right here, my wife, the most awesome revelation in that relationship was I realized she loved me back. She saw something in me. And I want to tell you today, God sees something in you. In fact, he said it very plainly in Jeremiah 29 and 11. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. They are good plans. They're plans for a future and a hope, not of harm. That's in the Bible. Okay? That means that God has, God sees your value. He sees, before you even knew yourself, he knew how valuable you were to you, and he was willing to pay the price, not even knowing if you were willing to see the same value in yourself. I want to tell you today you're valuable. You may have been called worthless. You may have been called leftovers, second best. But I want to tell you, God calls you first place today. He sees your value. He loves you too much to not let you see that in yourself. He counted the cost, and he paid the price. My dad is a, uh, I don't guess I ever have bought anything in my 30-ish years. 
in my 36 years, I don't think I've ever bought anything without consulting my dad and saying, Dad, hey, how, how should I handle this? Oh, son, you got to ask for this. Oh, don't you pay that. Oh, no. If I pay sticker price, I'm out of the family will. I want you to know right now. <laughs> sticker price, the devil, okay? My dad knows how to negotiate. He knows the art of negotiation. And he always says everything is negotiable. But I want to tell you today that God, the reason he didn't negotiate, he did not try to get a lower price because you mean too much to him. The Bible says that no greater love than this, than a man would lay down his own life for another. I want to tell you, he sees your value, and he wants you to see it too. Come on, tell somebody I'm valuable. Tell, tell, say I'm valuable. Tell them I'm valuable. We're going to break that lie today. I want to tell you you're chosen. Some of you need to hear the truth today that God has a plan for your life. Some of you need to say that you're not, you're not second rate, you're first class today. That you have a purpose in your life and in your heart. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. And I want to tell you that it has purpose. No more wondering because you have value. Amen? The second thing that we take from this, this scripture is I am free. I am free. Come on, somebody say I am free. He says this, he says, in, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of sins. I want to tell you there is nothing more torturous in life than living underneath a bad decision in our life. Living underneath our own bad decision or someone else, even worse, someone else's bad decision. And here's what I, I want to tell you today, that it doesn't matter whose decision it was, you can be free from it. I've, I've been pastoring and been in ministry for 16 years, and I want to tell you that there is no greater grief in my heart than to see someone living underneath the circumstance, to be living with, with guilt or shame in their life when Jesus has already paid a price to set you free. I can't imagine being ch- walking around with chains on my ankles and having the key in my pocket. Oh, my gosh. You want to talk about a game changer. The light, when the light comes on, aha, aha, I got the key. Here's what Jesus is saying. This verse is saying to us, you don't have to walk around bound anymore. You, we just sang about it this morning. You're a slave no more. We don't have to be a slave to sin. We don't have to be a slave to fear. We've been set free. In fact, the Bible says it like this. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. Another translation says, who the sun sets free, makes free is truly free. Oh, man. Just to breathe that in a moment. To be truly free. Not to try to make up, not contrive it in your mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm free. Okay, I don't want to mess with this anymore. Not, not ignoring it. I'm talking about receiving freedom in your life. I'm talking about the chain being broken off your life. God touching your heart and everything changing. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, talks about us being, being the old man going and the new man coming. Listen, when God touches your life, old things go away and all things become new. 1 Corinthians 1.30, I love this, says, Christ made us li- right with God. He made us pure and holy and freed us from sin. He freed us from sin. And here's what it looks like. Guilt. 
you're feeling guilty, that's not God's plan for your life. If you're living underneath guilt, that's not God's best. He's given you freedom from guilt. If you're living under confusion, you feel like your mind is always cloudy, decisions, your relationships, your life. Listen, the Bible says God's not the author of confusion. He's here to give you peace in your heart, in your mind. Amen? Shame. Don't live on shame. It's a, it's a trick of the enemy. He's trying to get you. He's trying to steal your identity. You are a freed person when you're in Christ. You have freedom. Don't live under shame. But accept God's forgiveness in your life. Heaviness. Listen, I, have a, I, I don't think I told this last time I was here. There's a great story I heard one of our mentors told me about an, an older preacher. Uh, he, was, he had been uh, traveling around speaking at some churches, and he went to a church he hadn't been to in a long time. And he, he, walked, he, he, he finished preaching. He walked down the steps off the platform. And, and a lady walked up to him and she said, Oh, Pastor so-and-so, it's so good to see you. I haven't seen you in so long. And he said, Well, sister, it's good to see you too. And he said, Just how in the world are you? She kind of dropped her head a little bit. She said, Well, doing pretty good under the circumstances. And he stopped. As they were walking, he stopped and looked at her. He said, What in the world are you doing under there? So I've come to ask you today, (laughs) those who are living under circumstances, what in the world are you doing under there? You've been set free. You've got the key in your pocket. I want to tell you, you've been set free from sin, from, from bad decisions, from shame and hurt. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen again, but there's more forgiveness. It's okay. He's here to set you free today. I am free. Don't be trapped. Don't be trapped by your past. Today is an opportunity for you to set the record straight. That I don't have to live. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I can be set free. I can walk in the forgiveness and the freedom God has for my life. Amen? Come on, somebody shout, I am free. free. Come on, as we say in Memphis, one more again. Say, I am free. Come on, I am free. Don't live under the circumstances. Don't live under anything that's not God's best for your life. Amen. The third thing that this tells us, this scripture, says in him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. I got to be honest, when I read that, it, it warmed my heart. The third thing is that we have to know about our identity is I am covered. I am covered. The fact that the writer would even use the word lavish or insinuate being, grace being lavished on us. Oh, man. Because I want to tell you, just a little dab of grace won't do me. I'm going to have, if I'm going to need, if I'm going to need get grace boots, I'm going to need lavished grace on my life. I want to tell you. It's good news for you and me because that, that means that we're covered by his grace. Two years ago, uh, two and a half years ago now, uh, approximately, my, uh, I was getting on my way to church on a Sunday morning. Much like today is a beautiful day out. Uh, I was driving to church and I was about a mile from the church. Uh, in my in my pickup truck, and uh, two red lights away from our church, 
a lady came over and uh, hit me head on uh, and changed, talking about a game changer, changed everything. And uh, by God's faithfulness and, and his touch, you know, six months later, uh, I learned to walk again. And uh, it was an amazing God season in my life. And part of that, part of that rehab and uh, uh, getting back into therapy was riding a bike. And uh, so my, my wife and I found out, look, we, look it's, it was in the middle of winter. By the time I was walking again, I was like, we need to get, I need to get something inside. So we go start looking for stationary bikes, you know. And uh, we, we look all over town. We finally find one. And uh, it was a great deal. We were research- Any researchers in the house? Come on. I toil over decisions. I want you to know that. And uh, uh, one of them old school words right there. <laughs> I labored over the decision. But uh, did all my research, and, and we showed up at the place. It was actually even on sale. We look at it. We're like, oh, my gosh, this is perfect. And, and uh, we get it. They, they take it up. They take the ticket up to the lady, and she's like, oh, yeah, I'm getting okay, registered. And uh, I'm just about to swipe the card for this the stationary bike, and she says, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, sir. I have one more question. Would you like to buy the warranty? As a grown man, there's no question that freezes me like the warranty question. <laughs> I got to be honest, I froze. The warranty? It doesn't come with the warranty? This is a... Big store, right? No, you shouldn't have a warranty. I got to pay. So I look at my wife. Do we want the warranty? She looks at me. We might want the warranty. Oh, how much does the warranty cost? Something 99. Oh, gosh. Do we still want the warranty? We may need the warranty. What if I just pray over it? Maybe it won't break. Come on. You know I'm talking real talk. When you're spending 500, what's another 100 is what I'm, you know. Oh, my gosh. Should we buy the warranty? I'm, she's like, well, babe, maybe, you know, we've never had one of these. Maybe, maybe it would be good. Okay, okay. First, okay, yeah. We'll take the warranty. Gulp, swipe. <laughs> and we get the warranty. Well, we go home and start the process. We're riding, I'm riding the bike every, every day doing this exercise. Got the plan. And, and uh, two weeks in, I'm riding the bike and wouldn't you know, the thing breaks down. And our first thought was, you're brand new. How could you break down? How can this happen? You are a brand new thing. <laughs> and I get up, and I'm like trying to figure out. I'm, I'm a little handy. I'm unscrewing stuff. I'm like, something's rattling. I don't know. So then I'm like, there's 800 number. So I call the 800 number. I'm like, yeah, Brian Larson, yeah. Grove, Tennessee, 380. Yeah, I'm not trying to steal anything. I just want a part, I think. I don't know. And so I'm walking through the 800 number. If you're an 800 person, I'm sorry. I love you. But I was getting so much grief. I'm like, are you sure? And I was trying to look for this, and I'm looking for that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going on. And I literally am just up to here. I'm this tall. So I'm up to here, you know. And and I'm frustrated. And my wife comes walking through, and she's like, babe, what's going on? I'm like, oh, this God, big and thing, darn thing, broke this. I don't know what to do. And she says, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. She said, just relax, relax. Baby, it's covered. We got the warranty. Hallelujah. It's like angels entered the room. Probably really did, baby. I love you. I had this, 
this God moment in my heart that I was covered. I had the warranty. So I, my conversation changed the next time. Hello, yeah, Brian Larson. I need the warranty department. Yeah, yeah, it's broke. Oh, you'll be here tomorrow? Thank you very much. Drops mic. It was covered. I want to tell you, here's the good news about seeing your value, seeing your worth, realizing you're free, that you've been set free from sin and the weight that would, that would weigh you down, things that would keep you from God's best. Here's the, from bad decisions that you've been set free, here's the good news. It may break down again, even though God makes all things new. You still may have a malfunction moment in your life, but I want to tell you today, by God's grace, you are covered. Come on, somebody better thank God together right now. You need to know, just because you have a malfunction moment in your life doesn't mean he didn't make things new when you prayed that prayer last time. It doesn't mean just because he set you free once, he may not have to come on and bail you out again. You know what I'm saying? I want to tell you today, some of us have fallen in that trap. And I want to tell you, there's no one harder on themselves than Brian Larson. There's no one. And I want to tell you, so many times I've had these God moments where I get filled up, I get faith-filled, and I believe God is in control. We got this, God. Baby, come on. God's just giving us fresh word. He's giving us fresh passion. He's giving us new hope and new dreams and new visions. And I make one dumb decision, I think, well, there we go again. And I forget that Jesus paid. My Redeemer paid the price on the front end. Because he knew even though he makes all things new in my life, there's still going to be a malfunction moment. There's going to be something that slips out of my heart and my mind that's not going to be pleasing to him. There's going to be a decision I make because I'm still human. Thank you, God, for your grace. There's going to be a moment where I still make a decision that I regret. And it's not that I have to go all the way back to the beginning. He doesn't trade me in on a new one. He just keeps lavishing his grace on my life. I want to tell you today, if you're living under anything other than the freedom of Christ, he wants you to be set free today. He's, you're too valuable to him. The plans he's put in your heart, it's too important to him. The plans he has for your family is too valuable. It's too significant for him to trade you in. He just wants to cover you in some more grace. He wants to set you free this morning. This is what, the, what Jesus said. He said, look, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. If I'm living under anything other than easy and light this morning, I'm ready for God's grace to cover me again. I'm ready for the freedom that only Jesus can give me. I'm ready for that this morning. And I want to tell you today, no matter how you came in, you can leave different when you walk out. Thanks to the price that Jesus paid. Good news for you and me, we didn't even have to swipe our card. Jesus did it on the cross. The precious blood that Jesus shed is enough for you and me to be made whole. You don't even have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to do anything to qualify for it. All you have to do is receive it in your life today. 
I'm going to end on this one verse. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 4. It says this, We are confident. Isn't it good to be confident? We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own, but our qualification comes from God. Thank you, Lord, for qualifying me for your very best, that I can have peace and joy, that I can have hope in spite of despair, that I can be set free when it's so easy to be bound. Doesn't it feel good to be free? Doesn't it feel good to know someone loves you more than you could love yourself? I want to tell you today, that's the kind of love, that's the kind of grace God wants to lavish on your life today. Can we thank God for his word today? You received that today. Come on, let's thank God for his word. Why don't you just set your things aside? I want to pray for you.